Hey, CEOs. Welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman podcast. I'm your host, Christy Bowie, and I am so excited to share our guest with us today. If you have ever thought of the word iconic and thought of how powerful and exciting that is, we have the perfect guest for you today. I am here with Jen, who has created a multi-million dollar global iconic brand for legendary leadership, life, and business. Jen is the owner and founder of Becoming Iconic. Jen is infusing years of wisdom, pure, clean energy, and proven strategies for the visionaries, legends, and entrepreneurs who want to break expired paradigms and shift the narrative within their business, relationships, and lives. Jen is an industry leader, top mentor, and podcast host. So today, be ready for Jen to expand you into your full potential as the most epic, vision-centric leader for yourself and your legacy. Jen, I am so excited to Thank have you Thank you for here. having me. That was a beautiful introduction. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> oh my gosh, of course. And literally reading that, I am so, so excited to talk with you. So the first thing I kind of want to ask you is, we share this word iconic, your brand and your bio, everything about you. So can you give us a little bit of background about you and then talk about what iconic or what the brand becoming iconic really means to you and, yeah, and where sure. it came So from. I'm going to condense the story because it's been a long journey to get to this point. But I think that's a really important thing for people to realize when they get to know me and meet me is this is chapter 111. I've been doing entrepreneurship for 17 years. I'm a mom of four. I'm a wife. I am a daughter. I am a woman who is in the pursuit of becoming the best version of herself. And circa before, I guess, 2020, I had built a massive personal brand. And I was really proud of that. And it had sustained and held itself for a very long time. I was building babies and building businesses for those 15-ish years. And I knew I was being called into actually building a global enterprise, something that would encompass more of me, but at the same time, touch more people's lives. And so as I was thinking about a company name, the word iconic just kept dropping in. And I didn't resonate with it, to be quite honest with you. When I first kept hearing this name drop in, iconic, iconic, I mean, for me, it was like all this self-doubt and worthiness and self-limiting beliefs that we all have, no matter where we are in our journey. And even though I had this success, declaring iconic felt pretty audacious, but it kept coming up. And so it was through actually a mastermind that I was in and meeting with these incredible women that someone said, what if? It's like you're going to become iconic. And as soon as she said that, it was like this bolt of lightning through my whole body. I'm like, it's the becoming because that's what I actually stand for. There is no destination. There is no like perfect outcome. It is this pursuit of being the most full version of ourselves as women specifically. That's who I speak to. And that really feels not only something I stand in every single day, but something that I would love to hold women to every single day, because that's when we get to have ultimate fulfillment. I absolutely love that. And you're so right. It is a journey. And if you had just said, oh, being iconic, that's like, how do we get there? But, you know, as you've touched on your years in business, it's all about the journey. So can you just give us a little bit of backstory, super condensed backstory of what took you to this point and why? You know, I know you said there was a calling, but what specifically got you to create? Yeah, so this I, I started in school, you know, after secondary school to go into fashion because as a young girl, I remember this vivid 
it, this moment in time, and I don't remember my age, but I remember where I was, and I was walking through nature because I lived in the country, and there was this little creek that kind of weaved in the field, and it had this really thin ice because it was springtime, and it had little rubber boots on, and I was cracking the ice and just really enjoying the smell of spring. I can smell it still. I can be in that moment still. And I, I heard, and it wasn't a voice, it was just a knowing, you are here to help women find their confidence and become all they can be. And it was an interesting thing for me as such, at such a young age to receive that, but also because I would never have called myself a confident person. And my journey doesn't show a line of confidence. It actually shows a woman who has dipped in and out of that often, who has had a lot of things pop up where I've held myself back or some hurdles that I've had to overcome that didn't feel good at the time. So I certainly didn't always wear confidence, but I knew for sure I was here to serve women and to support them in finding theirs. So I guess it's like this nice woven tapestry of my life and that journey and then being able to turn around and offer some of this advice and wisdom to others. So it, I thought it was going to come through fashion. I went to school for fashion thinking that's going to be it. I'm going to help women dress themselves in a way where they feel confident and feel sexy and feel vibrant. And that's going to really help them in all areas of their lives. And although I loved fashion, the industry ate me for breakfast and I, because I didn't have the confidence. <laughs> so it wasn't the correct industry for me, but it did spark a marketing career. And I went back to school for public relations and marketing and had a very vibrant marketing career and one that I loved. So it's not this story of being at a job that I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't feel good. I wanted to quit. It's a story of being absolutely in my purpose and then having a child and then coming to this crossroads of feeling like as a woman, I had to choose. I had to choose my career or I had to choose being a mother. And I had never witnessed someone doing the both and doing the both with that fulfillment. So obviously, I chose my daughter. She was the obvious choice. And there's no looking back. I don't regret that at all. However, I am not designed to be a stay-at-home mom. And in that journey, I really lost a huge portion of myself. So it was when entrepreneurship came into my life, it was just introduced, like, why wouldn't you do something at home and, and build a business and do consulting for marketing? Like, you could do these things. I hadn't even considered that. And as soon as I considered it and you know put one foot into the entrepreneurial space, there's there's been no looking back. It's just been this incredible journey ever since. Yeah, and I think that's so important that you talked about, you know, you didn't consider it because as women, I think we kind of devalue ourselves. Like, oh, no one cares about that. I can't do that. I'm not that important. Literally, this past weekend, I was talking to someone on a flight home and she was like, oh, yeah, I really think my daughter should start a business, but she's not confident enough. And I was like, girl, same. I, I am just very lucky that something happened in my job that I was like, yeah. I got to do something else. And so I think you're so right. Like having that confidence and believing ourselves is the first step to really being able to present ourselves to the world in a way that we're able to right. use our gifts. So I know you mentioned using the word iconic in your brand felt super audacious at the time. You were like, oh, that's a little scary. So, you know, were you feeling that imposter syndrome or that, that anxiety that a lot of us feel? And how did you kind of shift away from that and say, no, I'm going to make this really, really bold choice and call yeah. myself iconic. Well, the one thing I can tell you, even though I've, I've expressed that confidence hasn't always been a natural thing for me. 
there is something inside of my body and in my bones that I have always trusted myself. So I do believe there's nothing I can't do if I put my mind to it. That is a firm belief. And I just, I have that. And I know not everybody does, but what I can tell you is I I found that and I have it and it's honed in simply because I know the readiness never comes first. So to feel iconic first and then name my company is so backwards, right? I mean, it's it's about calling and declaring what we want in life and then taking this bold action towards it so that we are pursuing that version we're becoming. And that's ultimately what I did. And so I would say to someone too, imposter syndrome is such a beautiful indicator that we are doing great things. I look at imposter syndrome not as this thing that's going to hold me back. Instead, it's this companion to, wow, Jen, you're stretching yourself. You're going out on the skinny branch. You're doing something fresh and new. You're taking risk. You're taking action. And so for me, when imposter syndrome slips in, rather than sort of paralyze me or hold me still or pull me back, I've just realized, oh, it's a friend to living a full life. And it comes up when I'm doing something I've never done before, but I can drop back into that belief and trust in myself to know. I mean, if you think about this and anything in life, walking down the aisle to get married, deciding to have a child, deciding to start a career, deciding to go into entrepreneurship, making a pivot, leaving a relationship, whatever it may be, there is no guarantee. We don't know the outcome of any of these choices, but we do know as we go along in life that as we make action and and trust ourselves more, it builds that confidence. And so then that's the becoming iconic. Did I did I know where this was going to go? I didn't have that crystal ball to tell you like, yeah, I knew for sure. I had this vision. It was crystal clear. I knew if I did this, this, and this, that was going to be the outcome. I just trusted the intuition and the guidance. And I knew enough in entrepreneurship to know we can never rest on yesterday's results. We can never be complacent in the success we currently have. Innovation, creation, and stretchiness are like the three ingredients to continued success. Yeah, that's so good to hear because something that I've even tried to do for myself over the past few months, years is reframe imposter syndrome as just saying, I'm just hyper aware of the Mm. things I need to work on. If I feel imposter syndrome here, great. That is a cue to my body that, okay, great. You know, if when this specific situation comes up, I feel that. Let's go work on that specific area. Because if I just sat here and said, I can do it all for the first few months, I was like, okay, I'm only going to work on things that I have experienced already that I know I can do. And like, quite frankly, I got bored. I was like, oh, this is just the same thing over and over again. And I wasn't stretching myself. And I, I think for a lot of type A, like go-getter entrepreneurs, that is something we thrive on. It's not just, we don't thrive on just like owning a business. We thrive on learning and growing and constantly bettering ourselves. And so that is part of it. And so that's kind of how I try to view that. I say, great, I can focus on this one specific thing that created that imposter syndrome for me and say, great, let's go get experience. And like you said, it just builds on itself. I learned something super interesting. I think it was I was working with like a nutritionist or something and she was saying the most empowering thing for your body is to see results. It was, this was in the context of, I think it was like weight loss, right? Your body views, it sees you're making progress and like you're super motivated. But I think that goes for everything in your life, right? Like you 
prove to yourself that you're capable of doing it. And then your body takes that message and says, cool, we were capable of doing that once. We're going to be capable of doing it again. And so building that like experience on each other really proves to yourself that confidence. Beautiful. That's beautiful. It reminds me a lot of what I talk to clients about is often they're still like straddling life, meaning there's one foot in the past and one foot wanting to move forward. And they're so stuck on the things that didn't go well in the past or, you know, a failed relationship or if I hadn't done this, then I would and all this regret or worry. And I I often will say to them, you know, if you look back on your life and an exercise that's not fun to do, but so impactful, is like almost list those things in your life that you wish you don't have to think about again, but you've walked through because what it will do is actually give you this tally of all the times you have overcome in your life. And what that will do is show you how resilient you are, how capable you are, how strong you are, how compassionate and forgiving you are. And so those are the things to carry forward with you. But if we constantly look back of the things that we wish we had done differently or we wish had been done differently to us, then we're always going to be sort of in this fog of life. And that's what I picked up with you too, is like pursuing that best self is deciding that, you know what, I'm going to look at the positive attributes of myself, my circumstance, and the things moving forward. And that that is, like when you say about the word iconic, that's iconic because most people, the cult of average, will not participate in that way. The cult of average will say, go to a job you hate, suck it up, do it until you retire. If you're not happy in your marriage, you made that commitment. That's just the way it goes. Parenting is this. Like the, those beliefs and participating in those beliefs are is very easy. That's the easy part. The difficult part in life is saying, I actually want to shift and transform everything about my life so that I feel fulfilled and joyful and happy and excited and vibrant and passionate. And to look at things and have to mold and forgive and shift, that's sweat equity. And But if you're willing to do it, the result on the other side of that is breathtaking. I think you're so right. Most people just have this perspective of like, all right, I did that. This is what it is. And I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but when I quit my first job that I was just like really struggling at, I was unhappy and it was like pretty well known. I was unhappy. I texted one of my friends when I was leaving. I was like, hey, just, you know, I'm leaving. And I will never forget what she said back. She said, I'm so proud of you. You were unhappy and you did something about it. And I looked at that text and it was like, yeah, like, of course I think about it. Like, why would I just sit here? And I think for such a big portion of the world, they're like, oh, this sucks. It happened to me. And I'm going to sit here and let it happen to me. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. Like, I have free will. I have the ability. And so I'm thinking, I'm hoping a lot of business owners feel that way. But it was in that moment that I realized not everybody feels that way. And it was just a very interesting wake up call that if I do feel that way, it's almost my responsibility to act on it. Just like you said, that voice in your head, it was like you had this purpose. That's how I felt. I was like, I have a purpose and I know I'm not meant to sit here and be victim to my circumstance. It's time to go and move. Yeah, one of my mentors, Jim Rohn, who's since passed, but he's just phenomenal. He would always say, you're not a tree. Move. 
like really in life, the only thing that I can think of is like a, a tree that's stuck in the ground. It's rooted in its in its ground. It's not going to uproot and walk to a different situation. We're not we're not stuck. We're never stuck. That's a choice. And it also leads me into talking a little bit about my magazine becoming iconic. That was my goal when I went back to school for marketing and PR is I want to build a lifestyle magazine. I knew very vividly what that was going to look like, what I wanted to offer. And life happened. I got married really young, had a daughter really young. And so that went up on this shelf and it had collected dust for years. And it was last year when I thought, if not now, when? Because there's never going to be a perfect time. There's never going to be a gap in my life where I'm like, oh, I have nothing to do. Let's fill it with something. I have free no, time. it's just there's no perfect time. There's no perfect readiness. What if I just gave this a shot? And I brought it to life and it has gone viral. I mean, we're mailing subscriptions all over the world to this incredible magazine. And I, I tell that story to someone because you just gave a great example of you leaving your job and someone recognizing and, and you, I'm sure, inspired that person. And I'm sure she still remembers your example of bravery and courage and wanting the best for yourself. And that was you lent that to her. And the same with the magazine. My hope is that people realize things don't always have to be so curated. They don't always have to make perfect sense. And we don't ever wait for a perfect time because that will never come. And then what ends up happening is we spend their entire existence on the sidelines, looking at everybody playing out in life, wondering why them, they're lucky, excusing their results, excusing why they're having so much fun and joy in their lives when really the only difference between you and them is they were willing to step in before they felt the courage, the confidence, the conviction, the knowingness of it actually even working. They were just willing to try. And I think the word try has been horribly sort of misused and also mistaught is, you know, don't try. You either will or you won't. I get that. I know. I hate I get, and I get the point, but we're also losing a point because sometimes in the trying, the attempt is what gets you into the arena to get to the do. We got to sometimes test the waters. I get that. Leaving a corporate career that's cushy and has a great salary that you can depend upon and benefits and all the things to go into entrepreneurship, that is scary stuff. Really scary. So Instead of feeling like you have to leave your career in order to do this thing, what if you try? What if you just start doing little things when you get home from work or on your weekends and just start adding components in that start building a foundation for something else and allowing that to, that slow build to give you the confidence to make big transformation or breakthroughs? So speaking of rejecting the way that society kind of told us about things, one of the things you said earlier was you left your job when you had your daughter because you had never seen somebody have yeah. a career and a great yeah. family life. And I would say that you have done that. Maybe it's not a traditional corporate career, but you have just yeah. as much of a career, if not more demand, <laughs> I guarantee running your own business. So how were you able to accomplish that? And what did you learn in doing this for yourself and, and making an example? Lots of grace and patience for myself and the removal of dwelling in guilt. So I remember going through a lot of therapy. I'm still in it. I have a breath coach that's on my executive team to support me in really unpacking certain things. And we're again, we're never at this destination where we're untouched by self-limiting beliefs, worry, doubt. That's always going to be part of our, our life and our experience. 
So as I was unpacking, I remember saying to her, that's it. I'm just not going to feel guilty anymore because I was at this point in my life where when I was with my children, I felt guilty that I wasn't working my business. And when I was working my business, I was feeling guilty that I wasn't more present with my family. And so there was no winning in that situation. There was no way I could say to myself, I am being the best I can be. I just felt like I was split in two. And I know many women who are parents or even in a relationship or even with two different careers, you're feeling that teeter-totter of guilt. So I said to her, I said, I'm not going to feel it anymore. And she giggled with me and said, well, Jen, you cannot eliminate a human emotion and experience. That's like saying, I'm never going to feel angry again. Those are part of our experience. But what we can do is navigate that differently. And so I chose to navigate that guilt differently. When I feel guilty, my if this is the one thing someone takes from this podcast, it's so life-changing, is I say to myself, probably two or three things. Let's go through them. I say, number one, is this in fact true? So if I'm working my business and I'm feeling guilty that my kids are in the other room, maybe they're even watching a movie. I've had to turn on technology to get, you know, get them to interact in something to give me the space. And I'm like, oh, they're on their technology again. And I should, and all the shoulds that I say, I'll ask myself, is this in fact true? Is it in fact true that I'm not being a great mom? Is it in fact true that my children are being hurt, which is the second piece? Is anybody being hurt by me doing this? Well, no, by building my business, my kids have been on more vacations, have the most extraordinary lives because of the the work that I do, and I'm impacting other families because of the work that I do. Nobody is getting hurt by me pouring myself into my business, and it isn't true. And then the third thing is, is what do I need to do right now to support myself? So I'll ask myself, what do you desire? What would make you feel peaceful right now? And sometimes it's like, I really do want to work the business. So I find support with the kids. Or it's, I really need a break from my business and I really want to be present with my family. And I create that time because presence, which is my word for 2023, presence is such a gift. Presence to self, giving myself time and space to be alone as a a mom who has four children and six streams of income, like my company is massive, the different ways I, I support the world. So for me, it's very easy to cancel on myself and just give my all to either my family or business, family or business, been there, done that. But actually fulfilling my cup and coming from overflow has been so beautiful. And then giving presents to the people I love. When I'm with my family, I am not on my phone scrolling Instagram, wondering if someone DM'd me in the last five minutes. If someone's going to purchase your product or service, you're going to know. You don't need to keep checking your DMs to see if someone's popped in. You're going to know. So, you know, relax a little bit. Give them that time and space. And then when you're doing your work, do your work. I find a lot of times, especially as women, we are, we're straddling these two worlds. And to me, it's, it's not, that's, it's not easy to navigate. I don't have it done perfectly. My, my rule is progression, not perfection. Meaning have I done a better job today than I have yesterday? I can't always tick the boxes. Yes. But then I have a lesson that I get to apply. So to a very long-winded answer to say, it's a personal journey, but the grace and forgiveness of self that when you're in guilt, whatever situation that's in is asking, is this in fact true? Is anybody being hurt right now? And what can I do to better support myself in this moment? Those three questions 
will help you maneuver through that moment and push through to the other side, which at the end of the day, you'll be so glad you did because there's a beautiful outcome. I love that. And I love you also saying your word is present, like being present, because I think you're so right. It's like nobody wins if we're half in, half out at any given time. We don't win our family, our work, none of it wins. And so dedicating the time, for me, that's been a huge game changer. It's like deciding and just doing it and then being done. Because if I'm half in, half out, checking my DMs at the dinner table, nobody got all of me. I was kind of sending that message, right. but also kind of talking to my family. And, you know, I think you're so right. Just, just deciding and committing. And I, I think that's another thing we as women have a hard time with, making a decision and feeling committed, like we made the right one. I'm yeah. going to commit to it. And I'm sure there's so much psychology around that. But I, I do think that it's important that we say, okay, I'm going to integrate my my life in here and my work. And this is when I'm going to separate them. So Jen, I am so thankful for all of our time today. Cannot believe we've already been talking for 25 minutes. I just want to give you one last chance to give our listeners a tip if they're looking at you and they're like, that is iconic. I want to be iconic. How do I get there? What would your, despite all the wonderful things we've already said, what would your biggest tip be to say, you know, you're looking at getting here, becoming iconic. What does that entail? So what's coming up for me that is a huge message I, I love to share and I, I really hope this lands. So I'm just going to send that with that energy that it lands in someone's heart and spirit today is to eradicate this idea of sacrificial living as women. And that is not an easy feat. And we are the first generation in the history of the world, of the human race, to be navigating these waters, to see our capacity and to realize our capacity. That is, this is amazing. I don't think there's ever been a more beautiful time to be identified as a woman in this world. But to eradicate sacrificial living takes unlearning and also learning. It's unlearning these things like we're hurting our families by pouring ourselves into a business, a career, a personal goal. Your family will be so incredibly blessed by you showing up as the fullest, most divine version of yourself. My kids wake up and have an example of their mom who contributes to the world every single day, who is pouring belief and love into women every single day. That's the environment in which they've been raised. They don't hear their parents at the dinner table talking about how much they hate their job or office gossip. They hear about what are we going to do? What's our plan? How can we make this happen? And it's led to incredibly tenacious children in our home. The other thing is to realize we do not have to sacrifice any part, any part of who we are in order to fulfill the vision that we have. You are not going to hurt anybody. The only person that inevitably will be hurt by us not spreading our wings and seeing what we're made of is ourselves. And that betrayal to self is deep and it can hurt and it leads into resentment in future years of if I only had, I wish I would, if this, you know, if I had just followed through this wonder, and to me, that kind of torment is not something that I want to have in my life. So my desire for the person listening is to eradicate this idea that we have to sacrifice any part of ourselves as a woman in order to serve, love, and be for other people. 
start to be all you can be for yourself and trust and know that by pursuing that, everything else in your life and every person in your life will be served and served by a woman who is on fire for life. And that leads to so many gorgeous memories and blessings and moments. And so it's, again, not an easy thing to do. This is really quite different with the access, the availability to opportunity that we have right now is so abundant. But to whom much is given, much is expected. Stand and rise and just see, test it. What could I be capable of? What is my capacity? How much can I lead this myself, my life, my family? And see what you're made of because I'll tell you, it will be a gorgeous show if you allow it to be. I want to record that and make it like my wake up call in the morning because I'm like ready. I'm so inspired. I'm going to go do something now. I feel like you just gave us the pep pep talk of a century. So I am so excited and just so grateful that you've spent your time here with us. If our listeners do want to find a little bit more about you and the Becoming Iconic brand, where can they do that? It's really easy to find Becoming Iconic. It's on all Instagram like or uh, social media platforms. It's Becoming Iconic. The magazine is available on the website as well as it has an Instagram page and it's free. The digital copy is free. Think of it like Forbes meets Vogue. So it's a lot. Yeah. Obsessed. It's like solid business advice and wisdom matched with lifestyle that is full of luxury and pleasure that stretches you into like wealth and beauty, all the things. So good. So I love offering that for free. And then, of course, the podcast Becoming Iconic is a free resource. It's a top rated podcast across all platforms. Again, very easy to find. And everything's housed on the website. So if you really want to sort of look around and see what there is, there's the agency, there's the podcast, there's the magazine, there's mentorship, all these things. It's housed under becomingiconic.co, which is .co. Amazing. And to our listeners, those will all be linked in the show notes below. So you literally just scroll down, click that, and it will take you right there. So once again, Jen, thank you so much for being here. We have learned so much. I'm going to pull that snippet and make it a pep talk for myself when I'm feeling down because I'm so excited about it. So thank you so much for being here. And to our CEO listeners, we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.